This is Almost 107, a Fanshawe College Journalism student podcast. Get real. Um, the market is at a, at a changing state. Right now, it's um, way slower than it was. And I think there's a huge lack on options and ideas to help people in need right now. The medium price of a condo in Toronto costs mm -hmm. roughly $765,000. The housing crisis has been affecting thousands of Canadian families during the last few years. The COVID-19, the spike in the interest rate, and the war between Ukraine and Russia are some of the factors that negatively influence the housing market. My name is Kevin Rassler, and in this episode of this podcast, we invited Barbara Horwich. She is a real estate agent in the company Search Realty, and Carlos Gonzalez, economist and financial advisor, in order to have a better understanding of this phenomenon. Accordingly to a study created by the International Monetary Fund in 2021, the possibility of a housing bubble has spread throughout Canada instead of being a local conflict. Here we will ask Barbara to describe how's the market today. Um, the market is at a, at a changing state right now. Um, it has been following the um the economic changes um after the pandemic and after you know all the things that have been affecting it um right now it's um way slower than it was uh but i think it's it's cycle it's a it, it's it's a cycle usually and right now it's at a state where it's a balanced market there's more inventory than it was a year ago but there's less people buying so that makes it a bit more balanced at the moment. For example, the uh, interest rates for a mortgage um, right now, they're, they're close to 6 to 7%. Um, and the, the rates were not at this, uh, at this state um, since 2008, which there was a huge recession in the United States economy back then that affected the Canadian economy at the time and caused the interest rates to, to spike. Um, and that phenomenon or that cycle lasted about, you know, five years. Um, and then it went back to sort of, a, you know, the way that Canadian markets usually are, which are very stable and, and less dramatic, if you want to say it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and right now it's, you know, it, the market has been hurt by uh, the pandemic and, and there's people are saying that we're, we're not in a recession state yet. However, we all know that the economy has been hurt, you know, drastically. Growth has been hurt. Um, uh, there's there's inflation. There's a huge amount of inflation. And that definitely has a huge impact in the housing market, uh, you know, making the interest rates to you know, spike from you know two percent a year ago to about six to seven percent at the end of this year, which is it's a huge increase in a in a twelve month span. Gonzalez explains that one of the main reasons for the price increase is justified by foreign investors who see houses 
as assets instead of what they really are, homes. What is the competition in the real estate market between the Canadian people and the foreign investors? And who is the foreign investor investing in the Canadian market? And mainly uh, we had been, I don't want to say suffering, but we have received investment came in from China or Asian countries that suddenly growth during several, several years at the, at the rate of 8%. And they uh, perceive and they feel that all of their income has been growing a lot. And what I would like to say is suddenly plenty, uh, a lot of people was richer than ever in this economic growth. And uh, one of the movement in the world in order just to preserve or to protect the capital is the flow of capital. If you uh, are analyzing where these flows from mainly from China or these Asiatic countries are going, there are three specific markets and, and mainly in real estate. Additionally, he brings more details about how this impacts people. Well, uh, one of the ratios that the country is having just to measure the affordability of the houses is just to make a relationship because, uh, between sorry, mm -hmm. the median salaries and the median price. If, if you look what is happening now, let's say the, 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 the major official prices uh, were published in the second quarter of this year, at the end of June. I, I don't have the numbers at the end of September, but uh, the numbers said that a medium price of a condo in Toronto cost mm -hmm. roughly $765,000. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And the medium price of a condo in Vancouver, something like $730,000. Mm -hmm. If you divide this medium price for the median salary in terms of capital, in terms of uh, workers uh, with every single level, let's mm -hmm. say 60,000 per year, you need between 12 years to 13 years of income to buy an apartment. And this is, <laughs> this is something that is totally out of the ratios in terms comparable with another cities around the world. This is not the case of Canada. This is the case of the city that we are talking. It means some areas of Ontario, some areas of British Columbia, maybe Victoria. It's not the case of Alberta, but I would like to say, considering the, the biggest city in, in, in Canada, the affordability is totally out of international ratios. That could be maybe between five and six. Uh, and and you, you could say, Kevin, what is the problem? The price of the <laughs> real house or the income of the people? And in order to afford uh, one condo in an average for 765,000, uh, if you need to have one qualification by the bank after passing through the cash flow test, the household's 
income for the family have to be roughly $170,000 per year. It means there are not a lot of households, family that can afford this initial payment. Um, one measure is the measure that we have been talking before. The other measure maybe could be uh, the increase of the interest rate that for sure is going to impact uh, is going to impact the possibility to access the credit and is going to have some sooner or later impact in the prices of the real estate. But I would like to say that uh, answer your question. You cannot. You cannot because even even just to let's say in, in an average, I am not talking about some specific purchase, but I would say. In an average, just if you say, I, I can say how much I had to save of my average salary in order to get the down payment of 10% from a condo that is an average is 765 and it's 70 months. It means, Kevin, if you earn, let's say, $60,000 per year, you have to save 10% of the 60000 for seven. 70 months in order just to pay the 10% of the down payment is a lot. It's a lot. My answer is not. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to depress you, but uh, this is not your case. It's an example. And, and, and I think that uh, this have to, be, have to be changed with several measures. One of them is the 25% tax in order not to compete to the people that is willing to pay a premium to protect their money. That is not the case of the Canadian. You are not trying to protect your money. You are trying just to invest to live, to grow, to have a family. That is a different story. No, it is, it's been affecting an area, like a, a section of the population. Um, for example, the the families that have, you know, mid to low incomes uh, and they're still renting and they, you know, they're, they're not <laughs> planning to buy, excuse me, mm -hmm. or they can't afford to buy right now. It just became even more, even harder, right, for them to even think about the idea of ever purchasing a property. Um, there's also, I've seen a phenomenon also uh, transition from very specifically in London, actually, in the past two years here since I got here, um, rents were extremely low, uh, you know, comparing to the market and to the to the housing market, you know, when it comes to, to purchasing or or selling. Um, and what happened was that those those rents were actually quite affected by this um, market spikes in the past two years, because now you know, an investor that used to buy a property for $150,000 and was able to rent it for $800 a month and pay the paid all the um, the expenses on it. Now to buy that same apartment two years later is, you know, $350,000. And now they need to, they need to rent that same apartment at, you know, $1,800 a month to cover all the expenses. So, that what happens is that that directly affected the tenants market, the people that are mid to low income and that 
cannot afford to buy, but now all of a sudden rents are also increased to double, right? Mm -hmm. So that actually was a, it's a huge issue in, in, in the society at the moment. Um, I believe the government is mitigating that with, uh, you know, substantial uh, economic assistance, which, you know, the government has also been hurt um, deeply uh, through the pandemic. So now we're seeing, you know, rents aligning more with the cost of maintaining a property that which I think it was a needed adjustment. However, there's there's a part of society that has been directly and extremely affected by it, if that makes sense. How is the government tackling the issue? Is one measure that can control only the monetary aspect and mainly is going to be successful in an economy that could be reasonably stable. There are some other events like the pandemic scenario like the war, that are uncontrollable. And we cannot predict what is going to be. The diagnosis is now moving out of the pandemic situation, reduce all of the subsidy, and trying to decrease this impact in the economy, and trying just to give in value to the money again. Hmm. And on the other side, find the supply in the world in order to stabilize the absences of some players that are very important because there are I do not know, some sanction or there are some problem or there are decision not to buy, whatever could be the aspect generated by the war. But the, the work in the, in the commercial point of view is becoming to be a little more accommodating, even though this price is going to take time just to be accommodated or reduced. I think the government needs to look into um, more effective and quicker ways to help um, while they also work on the long-term plans, which it might be, you know, it's, a, it's great to build a, to put together a building with affordable housing, but we all know that the process of, you know, even even building the, the, the facility will take three to three to four years. So in the meantime, these people need shelter, these people need to eat, these people need to continue to send their kids to school. They, they need to continue to be warm in, in the winters. And I think there's a huge lack on options and ideas to help people in need right now. What's best, who knows, right? Like, I don't think the governments have any money left at this point, to be honest. Like people need money, people need shelter, people need food, um, affordable ways to to get food for themselves and their families. And food is, you know, pricing, prices and in food is in, increasing weekly. I see that every week, right? Mm -hmm. um, I spend more money every week. I go to the store, I buy the same things. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I lived in Canada for 14 years. It's not like, you know, it's for the first seven years I've mm -hmm. been here, there was no inflation at all. And then seven years from here on, you know, uh, a can of tuna used to be, I used to pay, I always say this, I used to pay 14 years ago when I got here, I used to pay 72 to 75 cents for a can of tuna at the store. <laughs> and I pay that same amount for a can of tuna for seven years straight. Now that same can of tuna, I think it's 250 or close to $3. Um, the Canadian dollar was one-on-one -on -one or very close, and now it's 
you know, devaluated, I guess it's how, how it's said. So it, that is affecting, of course, like people are still making, you know, $15 an hour at Tim Hortons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very tough. The the gap is huge. The bri- it's it's a huge gap to to bridge and cover. Um, it's 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 a tough time. But on the bright side, I think just like every other crisis, it's a cycle. I think we're at the bottom of the cycle, and I think from here, it's you know from here on, we should start seeing more of a balanced market. Uh, we should start we should start to see at some point soon the um the inflation at least stop not decrease but stop so no growth on the inflation as well as the uh, the interest rates also should stop at some point increasing and eventually once they can hold the inflation you know uh static and stable and uh same thing with the interest rates hopefully after a few years we can start to see a decrease right um we've you know we've seen bad crises like i like i said i've been reading about the crisis in 2008 which was it was a huge economic crisis in the united states banks were going bankrupt and um, the housing market was extremely hurt in the us and it directly affected canada um and both countries got out of it they, they you know they both had you know the past 15 years very very strong, very, you know, with, you know, full of growth um, and they made it out. So uh, no reason for us to think that we're not going to come out of this. No reason for us to think that, you know, this is the end or there's no way out. Um, you know, I think that it's it's a phase of a crisis and we just got to push through it, help the most people in need or the people that are in need the most through it. Um, and, and wait for the, for the bright side to, to sort of come, come to light. As she mentions on the bright side, what measures or what alternatives could be contemplated to cope with this problem? The government, specifically in London, Ontario, uh, they were announcing the, the construction process of a building for low-income families. Um, I think it was about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find the article so I can read it, but mm-hmm. I think it was um, under 100 units uh, for, you know, affordable housing is what they called it. And in that building, there was not only going to be affordable housing for young single moms or, you know, families in need, but also there was going to be a mental health um, uh, office, assistance office in that building, along with a gym, you know, things that low-income families or families that are, you know, struggling to pay their bills or may, or making, you know, making it out of the hole, if you want to say it that way, you know, they, they'll need support. They, they not only need affordable housing, but they also need, you know, mental health um, assistance. They, they need you know, dental assistance, they need all kinds of things, right? Like they, they need to make sure their kids are active and healthy. So I think the government is trying to mitigate. Um, I think the government is coming up with options and ideas, but I also think that all these plans will take time. And during this time, 
you know, it's going to be a struggle uh, for more people, for some people more than others, for sure. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, people in need are usually the most hurt when, you know, when we, when we all go through, um, you know, cycles of crisis in general, in, mm-hmm. in economies. We, like you mentioned before, we've seen this in our country, um, where half of the half of the population is literally poor and they cannot afford even, you know, the basic foods day to day. Um, And the other half is, you know, extraordinarily rich for some reason. Like they can not only afford their basic foods, but they can also afford things like going out, you know, for dinner every day. And like, it's, it's crazy. I think, uh, I think crises like this uh, do make the middle-class, um, struggle and eventually disappear making you know some poorer and some others become richer and you know that's just that's just the way that history proves that things have gone in the housing market the price of units is slowly decreasing due to the lack of buyers with no affordable houses and the scarce access to credit gives the market no option than lowering its values. However, the international or inflationary context does not encourage this pattern. In short or medium term, it's important to reach out to municipal or provincial entities with the aim of having the best possible information for an opportunity, or just waiting could be recommended to. My name is Kevin Rassler and this is XFM's podcast.